Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Hey there, just real quick before we start the show, a reminder to head over to my website at heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N and sign up for my free monthly newsletter on all things well-being. It's a really short and sweet newsletter focusing on creating healthy habits around mind, body, and soul. And also I always include a protein forward recipe as well as links to discount codes to products and companies that support this podcast. Head over there, sign up now. I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. This is something new that I'm trying out where I do an actual coaching call with um, a person (laughs) uh, and it's recorded and that's what you're going to listen to today. I really like this format because when we listen to other people being coached, we can take away a lot a lot of uh, information and maybe even strategies to try. And we also gain lots of insight for ourselves while we listen to others being coached. So even if you don't find you're in the exact same situation as Emily is in this coaching call, I am sure you will find some things um, that you can take away and that maybe get you thinking a little bit on your own journey towards health and well-being. Uh, Coaching is a little different than therapy. I am a licensed mental health therapist. I have my own private practice, so I I am engaged in therapy practice and have been for 25 plus years. Coaching is a little bit different in its structure, and you will kind of hear some of that within the call. It also gives you some idea on how coaching is a little bit different, Um, although often they both overlap so, so much. I hope you find something valuable. I hope you learn something. Um, I also would love your feedback on if you like this type of uh, podcast episode. If so, I'm going to do more of them, but I would like your feedback. And if you want to give it to me, you can um, email me at info at heatherheinen.com or you can go to my website, heatherheinen.com and get in contact with me from there and let me know. Let me know what you think. All right. On to the show. Just a quick interruption to talk about today's show sponsor, and that is the Amino Co. Amino Co. is a company that produces essential amino acid supplements, and I have been using their life formulation for quite a while now. Supplementing with essential amino acids has been shown to help with appetite control as well as helping to support muscle maintenance and recovery. We really can't produce all the amino acids we need for optimal health directly in our bodies. We need to get some of them. They're called essential amino acids through our food or supplementation. And if we don't get these essential amino acids in on a regular basis, our bodies lose the ability to create and maintain muscle mass as well as bone density. And so making sure you're getting all the amino acids your body needs becomes really, really important, especially as we age. All of AminoCo's formulations have been tested in clinical trials, which show they enhance physical function and muscle strength and support heart health. 
I personally like knowing that along with getting in my dietary protein amount, I am also supplementing with the essential amino acids I want daily for my long-term goals of strength, muscle maintenance, and just staying healthy as I age. Some quick protocols to try if you want to give their products a try would be if you're someone trying to lose weight, you could take a scoop mixed with water in the morning and again in the afternoon, usually when you notice your energy slumping to just really help boost your appetite control. If you're an endurance athlete, I know I have some of you out there listening and you're doing longer than one hour of endurance work, you would take five to 10 grams per hour. So for example, when I do my really long bike rides, this is what I'm making sure I'm taking in every hour on that um, hour plus ride. If you're a huge worker outer, had a really, really tough um, physical day, a really, really big workout that day, then taking a scoop in water before bed has been shown to help with recovery. So since I felt the benefits of this product, I really want to share it with you. And because you are a listener of this podcast, you can try their products for 30% off. If you decide to give these a try and because you could use some help with appetite control and or want to supplement for muscle maintenance and recovery, then use my referral link, which is aminoco.com slash HH30. So that's A-M-I-N-O. Co.com forward slash capital H, capital H three zero. Uh, go to aminoco.com slash forward slash HH three zero. Choose your product or products and check out. Use the discount code HH three zero. Again, capital H, capital H three zero for 30% off your entire order. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm not too bad. How about you? Pretty good. You're up nice and early this morning. Oh, wanted to get up earlier, but I'm up early, so that's good. (laughs) Well, you're here, so that's awesome. Um, So I thought maybe we could just start. Do you want to just talk a little bit about what you're hopeful for for this session, like what your goals would be, things like that? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, basically, I think I want to kind of kickstart a mental change maybe if you want to call it that okay just I mean I think I mentioned in my email I I've realized my problem is binging I don't purge I binge um if something tastes really good yeah um even though I'm telling myself stop Mm -hmm. I'm going back for more I'm going back for more going back for more so in that respect and I think I've talked to in the past about my Mm -hmm. I feel I have an unhealthy relationship with food right And, you know, I guess I don't feel it's necessary to like go back and where does this stem from? But like, okay, let's change the mindsets and make it a lifelong change so that I can stop this binging habit. And, and I don't know if that means don't have those foods in the house ever again. I I feel like that's not realistic because I have a husband that can eat anything. Right. Right. Um, That definitely makes it more difficult. Yeah. Totally not fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't like the idea cause I've tried and I don't know if I should mention like names of things, oh, but yeah, you can. That's okay. Right. So I'm not like interested in Weight Watchers because I want to be able to eat normal food. Right. Um, I changed and I do have healthier habits than I've had in the past. But like I said, if something 
tastes good or, or gives me maybe that comfort. Cause even something like mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. like gives you that comfort. And it's just like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this is so good. And I just keep going and going and going. Yeah. That's, I think that's what I'd like to do is kind of get on a path that I can, even though I know I should stop, I don't stop myself. Right. Like it almost feel, I mean, the urge gets so strong. It's almost an impossibility. Yeah. 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 And I, I have a faith that says, you know, treat your body like a temple and when you take care yeah. of your body and that's not taking care of my body. So right. I don't know if it's just like my physical takes over that. Well, I always have thoughts a little bit with the, with, especially with binge eating, I have some thoughts on just the addictive cycle within the body, you know, with that, I do believe um, we've got pretty good research showing that that is there. I mean, biochemically that there is sort of this addictive process with binging. Um, So that's a piece of it. That's, that's why when the urge is there and and we're like, I, I logically know I should stop. I need to stop. I want to stop, but we don't stop. So And I just bring that up, not because, I mean, because we can still intervene and we can still make changes, but I bring it up because I think it's important to understand that we, um, you know, we don't always, there's, there's something stronger going on than just, a lot of times I get clients who have this idea, I don't have enough willpower to stop it because I know, but I can't stop it, but I should have the willpower. And So I just like to bring up that addiction piece a little bit because it's like, you know, we're dealing with something a little bit stronger in nature and uh, can give us a little space. Like we're not the bad person um, just because we're involved in this behavior. So tell me, like, do you have real specific foods or is it, can it be anything? Um, I mean, almost anything. Like I said, comfort comfort. Mm -hmm. foods for sure. Um, but I remember, even remember as a kid, like overindulging on watermelon, you know, Mm -hmm. watermelon, a good food, but overindulging so much that, I mean, I threw up because I ate too much of it. Um, I remember I did it with lasagna when I was younger and ended up not being able to eat lasagna for years, but I just overate. Um, so it could be anything like sweets, like if there's, and not so much, um, like I could sit here and eat a whole ton of candy bars or anything right. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but popcorn, mm-hmm. I can easily overindulge on popcorn. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it just kind of was a range. And do you notice, is it, do you have certain times a day? Like, you know, does it happen a lot in the evenings or is it, do you notice, is it mainly when you are stressed? Is it daily? How, like how often does it happen? Um, I wouldn't say it's daily. I mean, now that you say like time of day, Mm-hmm. evenings and yeah. I and I know it's a problem because I would usually wait until my husband goes to bed yeah right because you don't want anybody else to see that you're in the kitchen dipping pecans in this delicious caramel sauce that you made for caramel <laughs> apples you know right and yeah. just there's that secret that secret eating aspect to yeah. it yeah yeah and in fact I told him like I was doing this with you Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, for the first time ever, I told him, I said, I binge and I didn't tell him I do it behind closed doors, but yeah. yeah. What was that like to open up about that? Um, a little freeing, I'll be honest, Yeah, because it's like, it's not such a secret, Yes, but also a little fearful because 
And I, my husband is not the type that he would look at me and go, oh my gosh, you're so disgusting. I can't right. believe you do that to yourself. Right. <laughs> but in my head, I think I feel disgusting. Yeah. And how can you do that to yourself? And so it was, it was a little scary to be able to say, I'm, I'm going to talk with somebody because I do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's super scary. It's incredibly vulnerable. Um, Sue, I'm, I'm really proud of you for doing that though, because oh. a piece of the healing in this is being able to get vulnerable and to really be honest with those we can trust um, because there is a piece in sharing it with some, that's even you being here, you know, um, volunteering to get coached. It's <laughs> like, even that's a very vulnerable place to go into, but that's also why, you know, there can be healing through that, being able to share that with a person. Um, it can help that vulnerability, even though it's so scary, like you said, there's a freeing piece to it. And it's another aspect to sort of get that whole identity of the binging, like just, just a little more separateness from ourselves, which is kind of what we want to do. We want to be able to see it as an observer, as a part of us, but not, not who we are completely. So sharing and being vulnerable, that can be a really great part of it. So good job there. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> it was, I mean, cause it's not something I, of course, I don't think anybody likes to do. No. To admit that you have these faults, but yeah, vulnerability can be tough. Yeah. It's yeah. a big, it is a big one. And again, though, such a big piece of the puzzle to healing. So, well, tell me, has anything, cause it, you know, it, this has been going on for a long time. You, you were talking about memories from childhood. You remember doing this. Um, do you, did you ever have a time where you were able to stop for a time period? Have you ever had anything that worked for a bit? Um, I can't really say, and it just kind of is maybe an ebb and flow. Like I don't do it every night. Right. Um, right. but yeah. And I can't what? say it's stress. Yeah. That, well, so tell me on the nights it doesn't happen. What's different than the nights that it does. Do you have any idea? I can't say that I do. Cause even yeah. I can't say that, um, I notice it if I'm just sitting in front of the TV. And I mean, if I'm thinking about it, probably the access to it. So maybe it is a thing where you don't have it in the house because yeah, I know it's there. Yep. You know, and it's like calling to you. So when it's not there, is that then you wouldn't engage? Well, I would say I have a craving for something. Yeah. And so then maybe I'm finding, I'm trying to find something to satisfy whatever that craving might be. Yeah. Um, and then so, you almost feel disappointment if you can't find something, you know? Yes, exactly. So you're kind of like searching through the pantry, searching through the fridge, you know, you want something. So maybe you, you do eat a bunch of things, but it never, never satisfies. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I, cause I think of a time too, like chips and dip. Yeah. Just, you know, no one can eat just one lace brown potato chip and, Right. You know, it's just, that's not that brown, but yeah, just like, and you get done and you're like, I feel so gross. Why did I just do this? Yeah, I know. And then there's all that shame and guilt that comes along. Yep. And then typically that starts that whole shame cycle I always talked about because that shame and guilt, and now we don't feel great. We want to change our state, whether we're conscious of this or not, but then we end up going into that 
whole binging place again, because that is what brings comfort. Yeah. Yeah. And some of my thoughts right now are, you know, it's been going on for a long time. And and I talk a lot about this and with clients and also in my podcast, but sometimes this is like, it, it, it is a habit and that gets more into that addictive piece of it, you know, where, where it is almost this habitual way of being. So even when I hear you say things like, I don't think it's stress, you know, it's like, okay, so you're not overly stressed and yet you're still doing this behavior that you don't want to do. That, that might just be a little insight that this is more of a habit and not, not that that changes too many things, but you know, then we think about ways, okay, so how how do we interrupt a habit? How do we create new habits? And you started out by saying, you know, maybe a mental change and and you're spot on, you know, how we think about things are going to create how we feel, which drive our behaviors. So it it might be that, you know, we help you figure out ways where you're going to on purpose think in different ways about it. But I also would... I mean, where I'm leaning is, is many more actual practical strategies for you. Um, you know, we're not going to get into the childhood stuff. If we're not going to solve all those things, you kind of under, you have a story around that. You have clarity around that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so now it's like, okay, let's just, let's assume this is almost simply a habit. Okay. Then we need some practical strategies to help you make some changes to create new habits around food in the evening new relationship with food. So I'm going to ask you just a few questions on a real practical basis. What's your um, food intake like the rest of the day? Like, how, how are you eating? Are you eating meals? Are you fasting? Are you like, what do you eat at your meals? Um, uh, I'm not fasting other than like, from the time you go to bed until you get up in the morning. Perfect. I don't eat at regular times necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, some days it might be three meals. Okay. Um, some days it might be two meals. Okay. Um, I mean, like yesterday, I would say, honestly, I did eat three meals. All right. Um, but that's not normal. Um, and a lot of it, and like, I'm not trying to make an excuse, but I remember like, my husband, his job, he just switched routes with his mm-hmm. company. And the mm-hmm. biggest one he had, like he would get home and he's in bed by six o'clock at night. Oh, yeah. And so we were eating, quote unquote, dinner, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe anywhere from two to four. Right. I'm not working now, but when I was working, it would be when I got home from work. And so then, like if I'm eating dinner at four, he goes to bed at six. Well, yeah. That would me three or four hours. <laughs> exactly. Of, of self um, what a fulfilling behavior, I guess you'd call it, but now it's changed a little bit. So I think that's where the three meals comes in. Um, sometimes I do really good with making good, healthy choices. Like, okay, well I'll have, we'll have this bigger meal for lunch and I'll just have a spinach salad for dinner right, or something like that, but not always. Okay. I have tried to get rid of processed food because now I've been trying to do um, the Golo. Um, is, I don't know what that is. It's Golo. I mean, it's kind of, it's a two part thing. Like you have this release, which is a tablet you're supposed to take be- with every meal. Okay. Three times a day, no more than four times a day. And then they do offer 
Oh, and I feel like I get overwhelmed. A lot of information. Sure. Um, and one of the first steps it does tell you to do, though, is try to eliminate processed food and go yeah. to uh, just a natural. Yeah. And that is, I, I mean, that's a great first step. Okay. So you're kind of working towards that already. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. Um, tell me, do you have any idea how much protein you're getting in? in a um, day? I probably, I'm sure not enough. Yeah, okay. Um, I just, in fact, had an annual appointment because I just have felt tired yeah. all the time. And granted, I mean, I'm in that menopausal stage in life. And so I know right. age has something to do with it and things like that. And I take mm-hmm. care of my toddler granddaughter but it's still it's like just tired like you can't even get out of bed in the morning tired yeah. you get out of bed even though you slept a good eight hours plus you're still and, exhausted yes and so we ran labs and it did show a b deficiency oh yeah there so i'm doing uh you know a b complex to supplement and hopefully change that but i know i probably don't get enough protein because in my head i think protein is meat and i don't want to eat too much meat okay and you don't want to eat too much meat because the belief around that is um, meat's not necessarily that good for, you know what I mean? Not that oh, good for okay. you. <laughs> yeah. Got it. So, so the, the, some of the cultural message out there. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so the, obviously these are just my opinions too, you know, but you, you asked me to coach you. <laughs> yes. 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 I, no opinions are welcome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So obviously with meat, you know, my opinion is it's actually very, very good for you. Obviously, different sources, you know, can be better or worse, that sort of thing. Here, let me just the thing with protein and the reason I harp on people about it. And, you know, I've been protein. I've been doing this for 20 plus years. And I have it. I have always coached protein forward always. And because it's successful. And so the thing with protein when you're trying to get binge eating under control, if we can get a person to work up to their proper amount of protein for their individual needs, often we will see the binging and the overeating behaviors lessen in frequency and intensity. And I, there's not um, great studies out there on why this might be, but we could hypothesize and it would make sense that when you get that full protein amount in your body every day, your satiation hormones are, are working great. Um, your blood sugar is very steady throughout the day. So that's going to help not cause those huge blood sugar swings, which can make us feel really, really urgy to overeat and try to find that comfort. Um, protein is also really, really, uh, like I said, satiating, but we do also have the thermodynamic effect. It takes more to break down protein. So you're going to burn a little bit more energy when you eat protein. And then on top of that, that's what maintains your muscle mass. And we really want you to maintain muscle mass, if not increase it, because that is what keeps your metabolism going. It's also what just keeps us healthy in the long run. Um, And then there is maybe part of, have you heard of the protein leverage hypothesis? Uh Uh-uh. Okay, so that and they actually just um, there was just a recent study where which did show that this is true, although we'll need more studies to back it up. But protein leverage hypothesis states that, you know, um, as a body, a brain will prioritize the consumption of protein in food over fat or carbohydrates. And so if we don't get enough protein in on a daily basis, we will overconsume 
to try to get that protein amount in. So it's kind of like we will overeat on fats and carbohydrates, just trying to get that protein amount in. So if you front load your protein, if you're making sure you're getting that in, almost always everything else kind of falls into place. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, actually it does. Because I'm thinking back, like growing up and one yeah. of my years, it would be funny because we'd go out for meals or whatever, you know, you get your McDonald's and yeah. the one sister would be like, Hey, give me your fries. And the, the other sister would be like, well, give me your hamburger right. and I'll get my fries. And the sister that wanted the hamburger, she was always more slender. Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah. 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 And totally makes sense. And it totally makes sense. It does. Yeah. It does. Well, so for you, what I would, I mean, one of the first interventions I'd love to have you practice and try is simply to get in the proper protein amount for you on a daily basis. And usually, you know, how I look at that is whatever, you're, are you at your optimal weight? No. Okay. So no, you, I would like to lose weight. Yes. So what, so what would your optimal weight be? What would your um, optimal weight be? I would say I'd like to be between 125 and 130. I'm five foot three and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, that's fair. I guess have what you make me like an athletic build. Yeah. Um, weight goes everywhere. Yep. Um, okay. So the, to me in my head, I think 125 to 130. Okay. So a good rule of thumb um, is to, to whatever your goal weight is. So let's just say 130 for okay. You'd want to do 0.8 to one gram of protein. So right around, I can't do math in my head, but <laughs> probably be right around 110 to 130 grams of protein every day. So, so that would give you a start, um, a goal every day to be looking at in regards to protein consumption. And are you pretty good with, you know, how much protein is in things and, you know, do you know? Um not the greatest. I mean, I guess I would say with um, that Golo, because it does do a, and I can't remember what the breakdown is, but they say, say tell you to think two, one, two, one, mm -hmm. like two servings of this, one serving of this, two servings of this, one serving of this okay. meal. Mm -hmm. I want to say maybe this two protein, one carb, two yeah. veggies and one fat, make one fat something like okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what you would want to do if you're going to try to get in 110 to 130 grams of protein, you can think one, one easy, just rule of thumb is to look at the size of your palm, the, the thickness and the width of your palm and like a deck of cards, almost that size. Okay. Um, about that is going to be three to four ounces. Like if you had a chicken breast or you had a lean cut of steak and it was that size, that will give you about 30 grams of protein. So if you were to eat, you know, three or four meals a day and you're going to, when we can talk about other sources besides meat, but with meat, you're going to include meat, you're going to want, um, you know, three to four palm sized pieces of lean meat. That's going to get you to that 110, 130 grams of protein. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Other ways to get it, do you eat eggs? Um, I like eggs. I'm not that great about it. I tried to like hard boil eggs so I could have those to put on salads and things yeah, like that. Yeah, nice. But I do like eggs. Okay, yeah. So like one whole egg, um, 
you know, and remember with a whole egg, there is going to be fat in there, which is fine too. The yolk is awesome for you. That's great. One whole egg, I believe has around, I want to say like 10, maybe six to eight grams of protein. Um, and an egg white has about four. So, you know, you can kind of mix and match proteins to try to get that protein amount. Like one container of plain Greek yogurt is about 17 grams of protein. Um, you can even supplement with like whey protein powder if you need to. One serving of that's usually around 20 to 30 grams. So there's lots of ways you can try to get it in. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's doable. What about like raw nuts? So here's the problem with nuts. Again, remember my opinion. Yes. <laughs> so you don't, you can take it or leave it. <laughs> um, so the problem with someone, okay, with a goal of losing weight, the mm. problem with nuts and nut butter is that they are so calorically dense. So okay. the tiniest little amount has so many calories and there's not going to be a lot of satiation behind it. And because you've got some binge eating going on, mm-hmm. you know, one of my biggest goal and you have a weight loss goal. So you got both. Then mm-hmm. my biggest goal for you would be, we want you as satiated as possible at least for right now, through the entire day, because that's going to help ward off um, that urge to binge. Not always, but it's going to do some of that. And so if you're eating nuts, there's just so many carbs and fat in there. There is a little protein, but yeah. So, so if you can limit them, that would be my best advice. Um, Do you love them? Love them? Love them? Well, as we're talking, I can totally binge on them. Yeah. I mean, open a can of raw nuts yeah raw nuts raw mix nuts um you know trail mix whatever yeah one after the other mouthfuls are going in so yeah does your probably the carbs and fats that are like yeah 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 definitely does your husband eat those would that be a food that for now you could keep out of the house or does he eat those um i could keep those out of the house i mean he has like he packs his little cooler in the morning he has little packages of trail mix that he likes but he eats those garage and i'm not a huge like I like the, the good nut, the, the good, yeah. like cashews and pecans and walnuts. Right. You know, his trail mix is fine. So no, I could keep them out of the house. Okay. I, and this again, like, you know, how you mentioned in the beginning, you don't want to have to do that. And I absolutely respect that. Here's the thing though. Sometimes at the beginning, when you're really trying to change, break a habit, it's sort of like, if you think of, if you were a smoker, you know? Mm-hmm. Think of how hard it would be to just keep packs of smokes laying around when you're trying to quit smoking, right? So, but once you break the habit, if those, if you've come across a cigarette pack, you're fine. So this isn't, the strategy to remove it out of the house isn't forever and always. It's, it's just that maybe initially it can help get you into that space where it's easier to break the habit of binging. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally Okay. So that would be something too, you could look at, you could look at implementing. Okay. So you're on board with the protein. I am. Okay. Great. Um, and then let's talk a little bit about, I mean, I've got a couple other behavioral things and, and, and we'll get to some of those, but let's talk a little bit about the mindset piece. Cause that is such a big part of this. And you mentioned that, you know, after you binge, you do typically experience shame, guilt. Is that true? Yep. 
Yeah. So do you ever, or have you ever tried to get into, um, like compassionate self-talk with yourself in those moments or any, like, I don't know how much you listen to the podcast or how much we talked about before, but anything like that where you're trying to shift those thoughts or not really? Um, probably not in those moments. Yeah. Like if I'm down and, you know, having a day where you just kind of feel down on yourself, maybe I will, you know, just kind of do a mantra kind of thing. But no, in those moments, it's all about beating yourself up. Yeah. 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 So I'd like to approach it from two ways. First way being, can we look at that moment when you're in that moment, that moment after the binge um, where there is shame and guilt and maybe focus on working particularly through that moment in a different way, because we're, we're going to get you to where you're binging less and less frequent, frequently and less intensely, but there's still going to be those moments for a while. This is a practice th- that takes time. You know, it's a journey. It's, you know, it's not like a light switch where you just turn it off and you're fine. Um, so there are going to be those moments. And I'm wondering how you would feel about in those moments on purpose, being able to shift into some more self-compassion, um, really talking to yourself the way you would talk to maybe your best friend or your daughter who had just binged or, you know, something like that. What are your thoughts on that piece? Um, I mean, I'm a believer that it can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think it's, it's hard to, the thought of doing it like right now, it's like, yeah, I could totally do that. And it's just like, okay, but you really need to do it because because you, I, you just feel so bad after you done it, and that's where your thoughts go. And so, it'd be trying to make sure you, you literally have to on purpose shift. Uh huh. Yeah. And so, I have a, I have a way that we could maybe try on a like a practical strategy. So it would be maybe when we hang up, or um, you know, later today or tomorrow, whatever. When you have some time and you are feeling, it's not after a bend. You're feeling emotionally stable, feeling pretty good, and that would be to write a letter to yourself and to to literally handwrite it down, or you can type it in your phone too. I like handwriting because it works differently in our brain. Our brain processes things different when we use our handwriting. But you, I mean, next best thing would be typing it into your phone. But it would be something that you can read right after a binge. So it would be a letter to yourself, you know, so dear Emily, and then it would say, um, you know, something along the lines of, I know what just happened. You don't like, you know, I know you're feeling this way. And I want you to remember that you are working through this, that you are working on this behavior that you are. So anything, anything like you would be saying to your best friend who just binged and you want to show her encouragement and compassion. Okay. So you would write that out. And then after a binge, which by the way, you said usually happens in the evening. So you, and, and at your home, so you know where and when this is going to happen. So Mm -hmm. you can have that notebook sitting out somewhere accessible So as soon as it happens, you read that letter to yourself and it's a way to shift your thoughts in that moment so that you're, you, you 
so that we can shift you out of that shame, right? Okay. And get you more into a state of forgiveness, of compassion. Because even if you think about it, when we feel shame, the sensations we have in our body, there's such tension there. In fact, um, this is really, in- well, it was interesting to me. When we feel shame, shame, that feeling of shame gives us the biggest cortisol hit in our bodies than any other feeling. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, which is not good. <laughs> oh, yeah. C- cortisol is that, you know, cortisol is the stress hormone. I mean, cortisol, we need it. It's not all bad, but we don't want those big shots of it. That's that stress hormone. And that's what makes our adrenaline rise and makes us feel, can even make us feel sick to our stomach, that tension in our chest, you know, tight, tight throat. Anyway, so if we can really mitigate that feeling of shame for you in those moments, we can start to kind of almost intervene on that, if you want to call it that addiction process, right? Because uh-huh. all the biochemistry that's going on in our body. And so if in those moments, instead of shame, we can get you feeling compassionate, you might still feel sad that it happened, you know, but it's not this heavy shame load where cortisol just starts pumping through you. Now we're in the stressed out state and, and we just start that whole cycle again. So this is where I'd love for you to read that letter. That totally makes sense. I think, and I'm thinking about it. It's like, it would totally be easier to pull out a letter and read it to myself yeah, than and, do it in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, you're a good person. And you're, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's one way we can get you to start to shift that feeling. Like we really want to change anything in the cycle you know, that we can change. So if we can change your thought, if we can change your feeling, if we can change the behavior, anywhere we can intervene, we start to interrupt the habit pattern. And that's what'll start to shift the habit over time. It is sort of like when you think about quitting smoking, you do things like you avoid the cues, you know, that typically would um, lead you to grab a cigarette. You, you know, all those things kind of fit the same way. Same thing with alcohol. If you're trying to quit alcohol, um, the, the tricky part with food is that you still need to eat food. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> so there is another layer. I'm not saying it's that cut and dry, but, <laughs> but these would be some things that would really start to interrupt those places. And then the other big one, and you've probably heard me talk about it before, but it is the skill that I find for well, it was for me as a binge eater and also my clients who binge eat, this skill is probably the number one in being able to over time stop the behavior. And that's urge surfing. Have you heard me talk about that at all? Or I think so, but remind me. Yeah, no, for sure. I will. So urge surfing and the name is kind of funny, but the idea is when we are going to binge, we always have an urge. It's the urge that brings us to the binge. The Mm -hmm. urge, I always think of it like the worst itch ever, the worst poison. I'm allergic to poison ivy. So I don't know if you are, but it's the worst, the worst itching you can ever possibly have. And all you want to do is scratch as hard as you can, but you can't because then it gets worse. It spreads, you know? So Mm -hmm. urge to binge, I think of it like that. It's that horrible, urgy, the worst itch ever. You just need to scratch it. You know, it's, it's that urge. And so 
when we learn to urge surf, it's the idea that the urge kind of comes in waves and it, it like the wave of the urge, it'll peak just like a wave on the water does. And if we can kind of learn to just ride that wave, just like a surfer, so we're surfing the urge, we can ride that wave all the way up to the peak. Eventually we do come back to land. And so when that urge hits, the idea is the actual skill practice is to notice it's happening. So for you, I'm going to take a couple guesses and just interrupt here what maybe fits better for you. But maybe you're on the couch in the evening, your husband's gone to bed, you've got nothing going on, and there's this urge to get up and get something. Does that sound about right? Yep. Okay. So that urge in that moment to get up and start to find the food, that's where you want to notice, okay, here's the urge. And you want to sit down. And you want to set a timer for about 90 seconds to two minutes. And within that 90 seconds, you are just going to sit and you are going to feel that urge. You're going to really feel that feeling. And you can do it by using a body scan while you sit there. That's that's a form of mindfulness where you kind of imagine a spotlight kind of coming down slowly over the top of your head, down your body and everywhere that light hits you describe how your body is feeling. What are the sensations? So it could be something like, okay, my head is feeling really tight. My cheeks are warm. My throat feels tight. My heart is pounding. My stomach feels kind of off. You know, so you go all the way down the body describing the sensations while you're feeling that urge. And you do that for the 90 seconds. You also tell yourself when the 90 seconds is up, I can eat the thing. If I want to eat the thing after 90 seconds, I can eat the thing. Sometimes when that 90 seconds is up, you will have processed that urge or that feeling enough through the body to where the temperature of it has kind of come down. Does that make sense? Yes. And, and where you might be able, well, here's the way I'd like to put it at first, when you're practicing this, you've got a shot (laughs) not going to the food. You might still go to the food. That's okay at first. It's, well, it's okay anytime, but it, this is part of the process. But you also might find that you had enough of a pause where you can kind of make a different decision. And the more you practice the urge surfing, and I have most of my clients practicing this at least once daily at first, because it does change the way the brain actually sort of is connecting in those moments. It really does start to change the urge feeling over time to be way less intense and to come up way less frequently. And, you know, there's brain scans on how this works. It really does change the connectivity of your brain. It changes the pathways of where you habitually go to. So this would be the other thing that I would love for you to practice if you're willing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I guess in my head, I'm thinking it it provide more self-awareness. Yeah, it does. It really is a mindfulness technique, but it works so well over time for binging and and simple overeating behaviors as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So with simple overeating behaviors working, so kind of saying when you think you're going to go for that second helping when you're full, you just kind of stop. 
go through the process. Exactly. That would be absolutely perfect. And I want to reiterate that piece where you tell yourself, and if after the 90 seconds or two minutes, I still want the thing, I can still have the thing. The reason that part is important is because if you don't tell your brain that, it's going to start to stress out. It starts to think like, oh my gosh, if I do this thing, if I practice this skill, I'm not going to get the thing I want. You know, there's parts of us that just, you know, are not parts of us in ways. And so it kind of, you got to really calm the brain down. And that's why you say to it, and if we still want the thing afterwards, we can have it. It's not a big deal. You try to really stay neutral and not all dramatic about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it because it's doable. It's not like you're not asking me to do anything that's impossible. Awesome. Good. Um, you're not telling me I need to go run two miles a day. because No. I'm like, so. <laughs> you do not need to do that at all. And in fact, you, you do yoga, right? Yes, I love yoga. Yeah. And so, and what you told me, what you wrote to me about, to me, that seems like perfect movement for the body. You should not, you don't need to be doing more or, you know, none okay. of yeah, I think what you're doing is awesome. I think for your what your goals are, this is going to be more about ending the binge eating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we both know once that's under control, then the weight comes off and things normalize. And um, and honestly, you don't really even I mean, I try not to get my clients to focus on weight loss if they're binge eating. I try to just get, to get them focused on on working through the binge eating and changing that because the weight loss just that follows always. Well, and it makes sense because yeah, it just makes sense when I've anything I've tried, I give into the binge because I'm not addressing the binge. Yeah. Right. And then it, and if you think about it too, you know, it really comes back to that urge piece. Like that really is what it is. No matter. So no matter where that urge is coming from to overeat or binge, no matter if it's trauma in childhood, no matter if it's simply a habit at that this point, it, it simply is the urge that drives us to do it. So if we can learn to manage the urge, that's where we really make the biggest change. Yeah, I love it. Cool. I love it. I'm on board. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And then the other pieces to it are some of the things we talked about. If you can manage your environment at first, okay, cool. Because then there's less of a cue to engage, but that doesn't just to your point though, even when you remove food, I mean, I was a binge eater for years and years, I would do the same thing. I just look for other things I didn't even really want, but I would overeat on them because they were there. So still is managing the urge, but taking away some of our, some of the foods that maybe would cue us even more, like call to us. I think you said that, you know, they call us (laughs) can be helpful at first, but I want to reiterate again, that would not be forever. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. What else do you have? Okay. One other thing, and I don't want to overwhelm you, but just one (laughs) other thing. Um, do you have a mindfulness practice or anything that you do that kind of brings you pleasure or calm or peace or safe? You know how we're, we're talking about with the binging it, it, we almost go to it for comfort. Do you have anything you do that brings you comfort throughout the day? Um, I mean, I usually try to start like, I mean, I'm, I don't want to say I'm a spiritual person, but I'm in yeah. tune with spirit. And so I like to start with some scripture study and things like that in the morning. Wonderful. Um, that does bring me peace. I, and now that you say that I enjoy crafting and when I go down and I do it, mm-hmm. I enjoy it. 
Can you do that in the evenings when you typically might get called up to binge? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> tell me, tell me what would hold you back from, from go, from doing that, from crafting in the evening. Um, it's probably the habit of sitting in front of the television. Yeah. Yeah. You have, and it's kind of silly. Like I've been watching at six 30, the reruns of the big bang theory, you know, <laughs> <Right>. why? <laughs> Okay, let me ask you this question. Could you have a TV downstairs or could you bring your a computer or something to watch it while you craft? I actually have a TV downstairs. Yeah. And like last night I did some and I had the TV playing a movie in the background. Yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking, I mean, why not just bring the two together? But see, with crafting, you're using your hands. And there is something when we use our hands, because sometimes I'll work with clients to start knitting to start because when we use our hands there is less of well you'll find this if you start doing it the urge will come less and less okay so you could marry the crafting with the tv watching because that kind of gets you into the craft like okay i'm gonna let myself watch my favorite shows while i craft but Doing they that. are actually using your hands and you're engaging so that might lessen some of the urges to, to use food. Okay. And it brings you comfort. Yeah. 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 And you feel good about it because you've just that. created something that you enjoy doing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that would be amazing. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not saying you have to do this every single night. I mean, I get it. There are nights. I don't know. I sometimes have days where there are evenings where it's like, I, I literally, I do just want to veg out in front of, the, I mean, I don't want to, but I do <laughs> just veg out yeah. in front of Netflix or whatever. And I'm just a believer that that's okay here and there. It's all of it's okay. This doesn't have to be black and white, but man, if you could maybe just three, even tell yourself maybe two or three nights this week, this upcoming week, I am going to go down there and craft like two or three. Nights. And if you want to do more, fine, you know, but just, Make a goal maybe of just two nights a week to make that happen and see how that goes for you. Okay. Yeah. And then okay. anything else that brings you comfort throughout the day or those are the babies? Um, I mean, when it's nice, if I would get on a bike, I enjoy bike riding. Yeah. What holds uh, you back from that besides the snow right now? Right now, the cold. <laughs> yeah. You know, I hate to like, say negative things but in my head I would say it's laziness it's just like oh but I got to put on the helmet and I hate riding out here in my neighborhood because it's so boring yeah yeah well those, I mean, are, those are legit <laughs> they are. And if I want to go on a nice bike ride you know I got to load the bike and go to the Mickelson trailer I got to load the bike and go to you know park someplace so I can do the, the bike trail and I get it Lots of excuses. Well, I don't know. Okay. So I would just say, first off, yeah, I'm going to reframe your laziness. <laughs> not laziness. You do have some legit reasons. It's like, I, you know, it, it takes extra time to go to a place where I actually enjoy biking. Because I heard you say you don't actually enjoy it in your neighborhood. That's fair. You don't. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So, So it does take extra effort. And so that's not something that is probably going to be doable on a daily basis and, and especially with the weather and stuff. So, yeah. But, yep. So, so that's fine. You know, you enjoy it, but that might be something that just happens seasonally and once in a while and that's okay too. 
Okay. I like the idea of using your crafting on a daily basis more because it's accessible. You still enjoy it. It brings you comfort. And I mean, it's doable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I guess, you know, cold weather. And I think part of my problem, like, like I enjoy reading books. Like, oh, like, yeah. I love reading a book. But sometimes you start to feel guilty that you're sitting there reading a book. Do you? And you should be cleaning a bathroom or. So, you know, my thing is when I hear people say shoulds and shouldn'ts, we call that shitting on yourself. Okay. And we try to shift, shift those thoughts because it's a little interesting, right? Like you're enjoying reading a book, some downtime, it's comforting. And yet our brains are like, but you should be doing something else. So we can't even enjoy what we enjoy. Right. Yeah. Right. So any, anytime you hear a should or a shouldn't in your brain, just take a moment and check it out. And it's like, oh, interesting. What am I thinking here about I should or shouldn't? What is, who's telling me I should or shouldn't and why? I mean, usually for many of us, those are long stand, standing programs we have in us. Um, I'm, I'm just going to, I have no idea if this is you, but I know for me, when I had that going on, many clients, it, it, many of us are sort of big doers. We, we do and do and do and do and have a hard time just being, and that's a little bit more deeper of a thing, but it might be something to explore. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Stop shooting on my, shooting on myself. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Shitting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> good, good. Okay, so you kind of have some things to work on. Yeah. You're feeling like it's doable. I am. Okay, yeah, good. Totally. If, if you ever have a day where a few of these things, it seems a little overwhelming, I would say just choose one. And maybe that's just the urge surfing that you're going to practice for the day, you know? Maybe it's just, I'm just going to get my protein in today. Um, it's okay to be flexible with these things. You don't have to be perfect with them and be doing them every single day. Okay. Yeah. That's and, too go ahead. Otherwise, then you go, oh, if I can't do them all, then yep. I just failed. Yep. And then we say, screw it. And then we're kind of back to square one. And um, there the cycle goes again. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What else? Anything else you want to bring up or talk about? Or do you feel you got what you needed? Um, I feel like I've got a good start. Yeah. And I know realizing that the binging is my problem. That was a, a huge step for me in my head. Awesome. That, that is huge, huge. So, yeah. Yeah. So, no, I think you've given me some good places to start. Okay. Awesome. Would you want to follow up like in a month or so and kind of see how you're doing? What do you think? I think so. Cause I really think accountability. Yeah. It's a big, it was a big piece for me too, when I was working through all this. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, once we hang up, I'll email you and um, give you some dates and times where maybe we can meet again and kind of see how the last month has gone and figure out next steps. Does that sound okay? That, yeah, that sounds good. That All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you, Heather. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Good luck to you. And we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. So
Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services. Just a reminder that this podcast represents my own opinions. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have.